The text for this morning's will uh, this morning's message will be found in Deuteronomy chapter four. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, if you have problems finding it. Or there's always the trusty index page in your Bible to find the page number. <laughs> but it's about five books in the Bible. And uh, a wonderful book. Just a, a very... Um, a book that's full of love and is full of uh, taking these things to your heart. It takes Exodus and the, the laws that are given and, and Moses there as he's telling... Uh, Israel, some things, tells them to, to serve from the heart. And I want to come in on chapter 4, and we're going to begin in verse 32. Now, the exodus has happened. They've been to Mount Sinai. They've gotten the law from God, and they've been through the wilderness journey. Now, there's a lot that happens there, and, and uh, we don't have time this morning to kind of fill it all out. But they are standing on the borders of the promised land. They're about to go in to take possession of what God has promised them. God has brought them through. They are here now, ready to go in. And Moses is telling them again to remind them some things that God said. That's what Deuteronomy means, second telling. It's a a reiteration of what they already know. And Moses is telling them, hey, remember this. And I want to pick it up in chapter 4 and verse 32 for this morning's message. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 32, and the Bible says, For ask now of the days that are past, which were before thee, since the day that God created man upon the earth, and ask from one side of heaven to the other, whether there hath been any such thing as this great thing is, or hath been heard like it. Did ever people hear the voice of God speaking out of the midst of the fire, as thou hast heard, and live? Or hath God essayed to go and take him a nation from the midst of another nation, by temptations and signs and by wonders and by war and by a mighty hand and by a stretched out arm and by great terrors, according to all that the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your eyes? Unto thee it was showed that thou mightest know that the Lord, He is God, and there is none else beside Him. Out of heaven He made thee to hear His voice, that He might instruct thee, and upon earth He showed thee His great fire. That thou, and thou heardst His words out of the midst of the fire. And because He loved thy fathers, therefore He chose their seed after them and brought thee out in His sight with His mighty power out of Egypt to drive out nations from before thee greater and mightier than thou art to bring thee in and to give thee their land for an inheritance as it is this day. Verse 39. Know therefore this day and consider it in thine heart that the Lord, He is God in heaven above. And upon earth beneath there is none else. Thou shalt keep therefore His statutes and His commandments, which I command thee this day, that it may go well with thee and with thy children after thee, and that thou mayest prolong thy days upon the earth, which the Lord thy God giveth thee forever. Let's pray. Father, we come to You now and we are asking for You to speak to us. Help us to have open hearts and open minds. Remove the distractions and the barriers that might be there, Lord. Even if we need work on our own hearts and there's things that that we need changed, I pray that You would do that by Your Spirit through the the preaching of the Word. Do the work that only You can do. and That You would draw us ever closer to You, Lord. That we would go from here filled, changed, emboldened to do what You would have us to do. And so I ask for grace now that You would help me to Speak what you have laid on my heart, and let your voice be heard above all else. 
ask all these things in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. So here we are at our final sermon in our vision series. And I'm praying this sermon is going to be kind of the capstone to to what the Lord has laid on my heart over these, these past few weeks. And I pray that has been made clear to your own heart. I hope these messages have helped us to think. And maybe they've inspired us in our living or in our own relationships with God and as we go out into the world, that, that we would go into the rest of this year boldly. I don't want to just exist in 2020. I want to go into it boldly in the power of God. And that we would seek to live out in our own lives a very real Christianity. Because that's the theme, real Christianity. Real confidence in what we believe and real direction, real purpose in our life. And I want to add one more to that this morning. If you remember in the beginning of January, we started by laying down some principles that need to be in our lives, some things we need to seek for, seeking for the power of His Word, seeking for the power of His presence, seeking for the power of God in His life. Some of those things that we talked about, how to start off this year in the right way and how to have those things in our lives each and every day. We added to that that the reality of God, that God is real. And His truth is real. This isn't some imaginary thing that we, we talk about or some self-help jargon. You can go to the bookstore and find books on that about how to make yourself feel good. That's not what we do here. We serve the true and living God. And we worship in His truth and we apply His truth to our lives. We saw last week that in that truth, God has a purpose for us. He wants to save us, to bring us out from sin and death. He wants to give us eternal life. He wants to call us close to Him and, and so that we walk with Him through the church. And He's bringing us to the promised land, which is heaven, where we will get to be with Him forever. And you and I are to be witnesses of that message. That's the purpose God has for each and every one of us. We're to be witnesses of that, to bring it to the world, to bring it to those in our lives as we tell what the great and living God has done for us. I pray all of that up to now has been, has been very clear and, and helpful. I hope it's been helpful in your lives. So how do we finish that? What is the last thing we could say that will kind of cap this off and help us as we go and do our best to live as real Christians in this world? Well, let me begin by asking this question. Why don't we? Why don't we? What is it that keeps us back from being all in? And really, I mean really, living it. Because too often we're quiet, careful, guarded, afraid somebody might find out. And we can be timid, indistinguishable. I mean, if somebody was to find you on a Tuesday afternoon at your work, would you be any different? Or would you look and sound and act like just everybody else around? What keeps us from being an effective and vibrant witness like He's asked us to be? Well, I think there's some reasons that we've already touched on, and I don't want to spend too much time on that, but there could be sin in our lives. That will um, detract from our witness, won't it? 
That will hurt our witness. Sin never gets you closer to God. You can't have one foot in the world and be doing the things that the world does and have one foot in church and think you're going to be fine. No. Sin is always going to stain. It's always going to infect the good. Bad communications corrupts good manners. That's what the Bible says. You don't think so? Take a white bucket of paint, put one drop of red paint. You'll never get it out. It's the same way sin does in our lives. That's why we need to get it out. We need to repent of it. That can keep us from being a good witness. Maybe it's a bitter heart or a a rebellious spirit. Maybe it's the fact that we just don't care. Whatever it is, if it's something like that, we need to repent of that. That's a good old-fashioned word that just means turn away from it and turn to God. To ask forgiveness of the sins that we've been doing and ask for Him to lead us and to guide us. That's not what I want to focus on today. Perhaps we keep ourselves from being the witness we can be. Perhaps we keep ourselves from really living it because we, have, because we fail to have faith in God's power. Could it be that our faith in God's ability to really do what He said is lacking sometimes? I think it is in my own life. Most often that's the case. Do we really believe that He is able? I mean, now that might sound off at first. Well, of course we do. Well, think about it for a moment. Everyone here would say we believe in God. Everyone here would say we believe He is real. We say that we would believe that He has a purpose for man. And that we are to be witnesses of that, right? Right? We would all say we believe we are to go and make disciples. Okay, well, what connects that belief to action? It's faith. Faith that God is who He is, and faith that God will do what He says. Faith that He is able to do exactly what He said. And sometimes, too oftentimes, that faith is lacking, or it's dormant, or it's quiet. Maybe this world's gotten in our head. We live in a world that's very skeptical and cynical, right? A world that doesn't really believe the supernatural unless you can record it on a cell phone and prove it. A world that likes to be realistic. Maybe some of that's worn off. Maybe some of that's worn off and... You know, we talk about all these things, but I have to believe it to see it. And from what I see, I just don't think this is going to happen. You know, I know God used to work in in ways in the past and maybe in my grandpa's time or other times in history, but today, I, I don't know. And you know, with that way of thinking, we cut Him short from working in and through us. We cut Him short. Is God any less able than He has ever been? I am the Lord, I change not, He says in Malachi. God doesn't change Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever, the book of Hebrews says. God doesn't change, so what what changes? I think it's our faith in His power. So I want to give some principles this morning to help finish off our vision. Not only is God real, not only does God have a real purpose for you, but God's power is real. God's power is real. And again, we're going to take from the Old Testament to learn some things. So 
The first thing today I'd like you to notice or, or to remember or however we want to put it is don't forget who He is. That's the first point this morning. Don't forget who God is. Notice verse 32. Ask now of the days that are past which were before thee since the day that God created man upon the earth. Ask from one side of heaven to the other whether there has been any such thing as this great thing. Or has anybody ever seen or heard something like it? Did ever people hear the voice of God speaking out of the midst of the fire as thou hast heard and live? Or hath God essayed to go and take from him a nation from the midst of another nation by temptations, by signs, by wonders, by war, by a mighty hand, by a stretched out arm, and by great terrors according to all that the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your eyes? Unto thee it was showed that thou mightest know that the Lord... The I Am, He is God, and there is none else beside Him. I love the, the language that Moses uses here. Ask around. Ask anybody you want. Start on one side of the earth to the other, one side of heaven to the other. Ask anybody you want. Who else is like God? Who else can do what He does? Who else can even come close? And the answer is no one. There is none else beside Him. No one can do what God does. And everything that God does shows without a doubt that He, the great I Am, is God and God alone. In the account of the Exodus, He does the amazing. He brings a nation who is not a nation out of another one and makes them a nation. He liberates them from bondage and gives them their own land. They are standing on the borders. They can see it in front of their eyes that God has brought them here. Just like He said. Now put yourself in their place in Egypt. We tried to do that a couple weeks ago. You're in slavery. You're in bondage. This other nation, this, this Pharaoh who is literally the king of the earth right now, is ruling over you. You have to do what they say or they don't feed you or they kill you. And here comes Moses saying, hey, there's a God. His name is the Great I Am. And he says he's going to bring us out and give us our, our own land. To the human mind, that sounds impossible, doesn't it? Probably most of them, and us too, if we were there, would say, how on earth is that going to happen? That sounds good, but I don't really think He's going to do it. <laughs> Which, by the way, is still a reaction that we still have, right? Look around, God. Look where we live. Look at the climate of society. See the laws that are being passed. See the hard and sinful hearts of people. How on earth is any of this going to work? That's a wrong reaction. That's a wrong reaction. Because in Exodus, God goes and does exactly what He said He would do, didn't He? <laughs> he brings them out. He takes them right to the promised land. In fact, if you keep reading the Bible, He takes them in. Exactly as He had promised. We need to take note of that, church. God does what He says. God keeps His promises each and every time. He may wait to fulfill them, just like some promises we have. We heard about that this morning, right? What was the Scripture? John 14? 
I'm going to come again and take you to me, that where I am you may be with me also. That's a promise we're waiting on, and a promise sometimes that can fade, but take note that God fulfills His promises. He does exactly what He says. As only He can. There is none else like God. Man, you read in Exodus, who, could, who else could have done anything close to what He did? No one. The plagues, the ten plagues, those are amazing. They're terrible and amazing at the same time. I mean, you've got frogs and lice and flies and boils. You've got water turning to blood. Can you imagine how that would have been? You know how much blood stinks when it spoils? Ooh, that's the smell of a dead body is the blood. Can you imagine what Egypt would have smelled like? Who else could have done that? Nobody. You have hail. You have fire coming down from the sky. You have darkness that is so deep you can't even move. It says they stayed in their places and, and gnawed their tongues for pain. They, they couldn't see. They couldn't move. And all of, this, all of this stuff is happening to the Egyptians while Israel is protected. The darkness stands out to me. You have darkness in all the land where, where people can't even move, they can't even see. But where God's people are, it's light. How do you do that? Not a problem for God. Not a problem for God. They come out of Egypt, they come to the Red Sea, and God parts a sea, not a sea of reeds. You hear that, you read that, that's a bunch of baloney. I believe it's the Red Sea where God parts a body of water, and they walk across on dry land. Not mud, dry land. The Bible says so several times. Who can do that? Nobody else but God. They get into the, the journey in the wilderness and they need water. How are we going to get water? There's no water around. Not a problem for God. In fact, break that rock. I'll give you enough water for 1.2 million people and your animals and all the Egyptians that left with you. Not a problem for God. Who else can do that? No one else but God. You need food? No problemo. I'll rain manna from heaven. <laughs> Just make it come down from the sky and you pick it up and you eat it. Who else can do what God does? No one else even comes close. God does what only He can do. He proves who He is over and over again by the amazing things that He does. Things that for us are impossible. In fact, Jesus says in Mark chapter 10, With man it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. I'm just saying, perhaps we need to remember that a little bit more. Perhaps we need to be reminded of that. Listen, God does the impossible. Time and time again, there is nothing outside of His power. We need to be reminded now and again of who it is we serve. We serve God, the great I Am, the high and lifted up One. There is nothing that is impossible for Him. No task, no person, no situation, no circumstance, no government. Nothing is impossible for God. And that little bit of doubt that you had in your mind just now as I've been saying that stuff, that voice that says, well, let's be realistic. Silence that, because it ain't God. It's that little voice that has kept us back from so much. 
in my head too. I'm not, I'm not immune to this. That little voice, well, I don't know. Well, come on. Well, this, well, that. How about we put a stopper on that and let God do what only God can do? Sometimes we like to bellyache. Sometimes we like to complain. Sometimes we like to tell God how hard it is or how hard His job is going to be. When I need reminders, I turn to the book of Job where God from His own mouth makes it clear who He is. Let me just read you just a couple verses. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up thy loins now like a man, for I will demand of thee and answer thou me. Where wast thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou hast understanding. Who laid the measures thereof if thou knowest? Or who hath stretched the line upon it? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy, or who shut up the sea with doors when it break forth as if it had issued from out of the womb? When I made the cloud the garment thereof and the thick darkness a swaddling band for it, I break up for it my decreed place and set bars and doors and said, Hitherto shalt thou come, but no further. And here shall thy proud waves be staved. Hast thou commanded the morning since thy days and caused the day spring to know his place? Knowest thou the ordinances of heaven? Canst thou set the dominion thereof in the earth? Canst thou lift up thy voice to the clouds that the abundance of waters may cover thee? Canst thou send lightnings that they may go and say unto thee, Here we are. (laughs) To me, that's an awesome passage of Scripture. That's God asking questions which we can't answer. Where were you when I made everything? Oh, if, if you know so much... Please tell me. I'm God. Don't forget that. What does Job actually do? I'm going to put my hand over my mouth and let you just speak. Don't forget who it is we serve. We serve the Creator of all things. The One who holds all things together. The One who commands the morning. Who commands the night. Who commands the rain. Who controls all of it. The things He simply spoke into existence. Genesis said, God said, light be, and light was. That includes us, man. (laughs) There is no man that stays the hand of God. There is no man that worries God by His power. Pharaoh was not a problem for God. You don't see him in heaven saying, Oh no, this guy is king of the world. He's saying he won't let my people go. What on earth do I do? No. He says, you watch and you're going to know who I am. This will be done so that you know that I am God and there is none else. Do you believe that this morning? That He alone is God. He alone has all the power and there is no one else that comes close to Him. It's shown here in our text. It's shown countless times through Scripture. Countless times in history. And listen, over and over again in your life. Don't forget who He is. And secondly this morning, don't forget what He has done for you. 
Look back at the text and see the subject of God's working. Look at the end of verse 34. According to all that the Lord your God did for who? For you. Before your eyes. Verse 35, unto you it was shown that thou mightest know that the Lord, He is God, there is none else beside Him. Out of heaven He made thee to hear His voice, that He might instruct thee. Verse 37, Because He loved thy fathers, therefore He chose their seed after them and brought thee out in His sight with mighty power out of Egypt. You see it all through the text. They are told, Israel, remember what God has done for you. He did all of this for you, not only to show that He is God, not only that you wouldn't have a doubt in who He is, but He did this for you. He brought you out. He made you a nation. He keeps His covenant with you. You have seen this with your own eyes, who He is, and you know what He can do. You know this, Israel, by first-hand experience. You know the power of God to be true because you watched Him do it. And may I say this morning, it is the same for you and I. We today, we can read these verses and say, Amen. I know that God has worked in mighty ways for me. I know exactly what Moses is talking about because God has done the same thing for me over and over again. Just think about it this morning. How much God has worked in your life. Look at His goodness to you. Look at how much He has blessed you with. How good He has been. Look how many times He has brought you through impossible situations. The times the money didn't match up, but you made it through. The times the situation was impossible, the future was uncertain, but somehow everything fell into place and you came through just fine. All those times in your life, you look back and say, that was you, God. could only have been you. That was you. Only you could have done that. I'm confident this morning that all of us could say it's enough for us to know that God is able. God is able. He works and has done so for us in mighty ways. But I want to go a little bit deeper. Look at verse 36. Out of heaven He made thee to hear His voice, that He might instruct thee. And upon earth He showed thee His great fire. And thou heardst His words out of the midst of the fire. (laughs) They got to hear and see some things I would love to see. At Mount Sinai, the whole nation was gathered around this mountain. They saw the top of it burning with fire. And they heard what I believe is the voice of God Himself. So much it's described as a trumpet getting louder and louder and louder. They, they stop their ears and say, Oh, we can't, we can't hear this anymore. Moses, you speak because that voice is too great and too terrible for us. But still amazing. I would have loved to have been there. Well, what about us? I mean, have we heard anything like that? Have we seen anything like that? What does this verse have to do with me? Oh, listen, listen this morning. You have heard God's voice. You have heard it loud and clear because He has spoken to you and He does speak to you through His Word. You read this book, you hear the voice of God speaking to you. 
And make no mistake, because he says in Jeremiah 23 and 29, Is not my word like a fire, saith the Lord? You know when you've read it, you know when you've heard it, and it burns within you. Did not our heart burn within us while He spoke with us, people say on the Emmaus Road? That's because His Word is alive and it it goes down to our, our very core of our being. And it exposes what we need. Yes, we have heard the voice of God. And what does that voice tell us? What does His Word tell us? It tells us of our sin. It tells us of His love. It tells us of Jesus who came to save us. That very message that changes our eternity. I was once dead. Now I am alive because of Christ. And how did I find out? The Word of God told me. It told me that Jesus shed His blood to forgive me of all of my sin. And it tells you the same, that you can be cleansed, you can be reconciled back to God. Do you remember hearing that for the first time? The first time when it rang true in your ears? Well, yeah, there was some conviction, right? wasn't exactly the best feeling in the world to know that I'm a sinner and I stand in judgment. I've done some bad things and I have to face God for them. But oh, the wonderful news that came when God told us there's a way to be saved. That God Himself is our Savior. Jesus died for you on that cross. He took your place and He offers to you free forgiveness. Eternal life, if you would trust Him. I pray that you've heard that. I pray that it's hit home in your hearts. And I pray that you've trusted. Do you remember that time when you trusted Him? And you prayed? Not some canned repetition prayer. I mean, you prayed from your heart. Maybe it had different words. Maybe it was, Lord, save me. Maybe it was, Lord, forgive me. Maybe it was, I'm sorry for my sin. Take it away. But you trusted Him. Down in the core of your being, you trusted Him to forgive you of sin and save you from it. And that moment He did. Do you remember the peace? The burden that was lifted? It wasn't fireworks for me. I don't know if some people expect that. Like I was in my parents' bedroom. All of a sudden, the ceiling split open and there was a light that said, oh, and I felt just angelic presence and it was this huge thing like it was worthy of TV. No. But I tell you what did happen. There was a peace and that calm, blessed assurance that I was now forgiven and that I was now saved. That peace in my heart that is still there, that I know once I pass from this life, I go to be with my Savior. My sins are forgiven. I'm covered in the blood of Christ. I am saved because He died on that cross for me. And I trusted in Him. I placed my faith in Him. I believed in Him. If you've done that this morning, you've been set free, you see? as only God can do. You know that firsthand. You know the power of God to set you free from sin and death to bring you out of this world. You know that firsthand. You've seen it in your life. You know it by experience. 
You know what it's like to be brought from death to life. From hell to heaven. If you're saved this morning, you have no reason to doubt the power of God. And he goes on to say in verse 37 about a covenant. He loved thy fathers, therefore he chose their seed after them and brought thee out in his sight with his mighty power out of Egypt to drive out nations from before thee greater and mightier than thou art to bring thee in to give thee their land for an inheritance as it is this day. He says, I'm remembering the promise I made to your fathers. If they would walk with me, I would bless them and bring them into this promised land. Listen, we know that too this morning. We know the power of walking with Jesus as an obedient servant. He, He calls us to walk close to Him, to serve Him, to be obedient to Him as His body, as His bride. And you've seen the power in that. Yes, there's power in being part of a church. To know what it's like to be that close to Jesus, to have that kind of a relationship. The hope that we have of the promises that wait. The assurance of the truths that we hold to. The comfort that we get from one another. We've seen that work in our lives too, haven't we? Lifting each other up when no one else is there. You know all of this firsthand. You have seen and you have experienced His awesome power. Israel had no reason to doubt and neither do we. So do not ignore that. Do not forget all that God has done for you because it can be easy to in different situations. You have no reason to doubt. You've seen Him work again and again and again. And the biggest and the greatest thing He has done in your life, He has brought you from spiritual death to spiritual life and now you are assured of a home in heaven. That should be enough. (laughs) But on top of that, God has been so good to us, hasn't He? Listen, you've seen Him work time and time again. You've seen prayers answered. You've seen people's lives changed. All of this is simple, but we need to be reminded of it. Don't forget who God is and what He can do. And don't forget what He has done for you. So lastly, let's add this on. Don't underestimate what He can do. Do not underestimate what God can do. Verse 39. Know therefore this day, consider it in thine heart that the Lord, He is God in heaven above and upon the earth beneath, and there is none else. Consider it today. Look back on all that God has done. Consider who He is. That He is God in heaven and on earth. I love that phrase. Not only does He rule in heaven, He rules down here. There is nothing that happens here outside of His sovereign hand. Consider it that He is God. Verse 40, Thou shalt keep therefore His statutes and His commandments, which I command thee this day, that it may go well with thee and with thy children after thee, that thou mayest prolong thy days on the earth which the Lord God giveth thee forever. Consider all of this in your heart, all that we've said, and now what does Moses say? Go do what he asks. Keep his commandments. It's the same for us. Consider all that God has done, who he is, and now let's keep his commandments, namely this one. 
Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 through 20. Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. That's the commandment we keep. We keep that commandment and we'll see Him work. We'll see Him work in our families. We'll see Him work in our friends. We'll see Him keep His promises. We'll see Him work in the world around it, around us. He promised it. He said, I am with you. And that means He'll complete it. <laughs> Why do we doubt Him? Why do we doubt God? Why do we think the very things He has promised to do, saving people, I will build my church, the very things He's done in our own lives, why do we think those are not going to happen anymore? This is too big for you, God. That person is too far gone, God. This climate is too hard for you. They won't listen. Human nature, and my own included, astounds me sometimes. How weak we can be and how feeble and fickle we can be. Israel sees all of this firsthand, right? They go through the plagues. They go through the Passover. They go through the Red Sea. They see God do things only God can do. And three days into the journey, you know what happens? They don't have any water. And you know what they say? Oh, He brought us out here to die. Oh, we should just go back to Egypt. It'd be better if we were slaves in Egypt. I don't, I don't know how we're going to get water. God just brought us out here to die. After they saw all that they did, they come out there and they start belly aching like that. As if He couldn't handle it. As if He was done working. And how many times do we do the same? God brings us through so much and then something happens and we just we think it's over. I don't, I don't think this person is ever going to listen. You know, the, you know that person. You know that person in your life, just like I know the person in my life I need to witness the most to. And what do we say about them? I don't think they're ever going to listen. Huh. He saved you, didn't He? He saved me. Someone shared the Gospel with you, whether it was a preacher or whether it was a family member or whether it was a person of church, whatever. Somebody shared the Gospel with you and it changed your heart forever, didn't it? How shall that person hear without a preacher? Romans 10. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. God can save anyone. So how about we get out there and tell them? Well, I don't think people are going to listen to what scriptural baptism is in a New Testament church. You did, didn't you? God opened the eyes of your understanding to see what the Scripture says. You think He can't do that for others? Do you think this morning that God has done saving people? That God has done building His church? No! God forbid! And you know He's not. You know He is able to do just what He promised. <laughs> Let me tell you, beloved, God can. Maybe that's what we need to remember. God can. God can save anyone. So let's go tell them about Jesus. 
God can build His church. So let's go to those who are unchurched. Or maybe let's go to those who are serving in the wrong places. Pull them aside and show them the way of God more completely. God is able to open their eyes. And God is able to do that right here and right now in this nation. In this increasingly godless nation. Listen, there's a lot of things going on that are scary. There's a lot of things going on that will not go in our favor. But they will not silence His Word. Man can try. They will not silence God. So let us not be silent. Stand up and give your voice. Stand up for the defenseless. Stand up for the truth of Scripture. Give your voice to it. God is able to work through that. Even to the point where He could turn the nation around if He so chooses. That is not beyond His power. God is able. God is able to build His church here. Right here. Right now in Southern California. You understand the promised land is not some bygone time. The promised land is not some different location. The promised land is heaven, which we're on our way to. So while we're here right now, why don't we tell people where we're going? Why don't we tell people of the God who can change their lives and bring them into the same promises too? Let's go out there and tell them about God. And it just might be that you'll find the fields white unto harvest. It just might be somebody might get saved because you witnessed to them. It just might be this church could grow. And it just might be this city will be turned on end by this small little group here. God is able. God is able. God can soften that hard heart. God can soften those walls that are put up. God can sweeten the bitter heart, even if it's your own heart. God can do anything but fail. And how about we as His very body here on earth, His very people, get out there and live and talk and walk as if all of this is real to us. That we truly believe God can. Do you believe that He can? Do you believe that He keeps His promises? Do you believe that with all that you are? Because He is able. Ephesians 3, Now unto Him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Do you believe that verse? He is able above and beyond what we can even conceive through the power that works in us. If that's real to us, then how about we start thinking big? (laughs) How about we start praying big? Do you pray for your children to be saved? Do you pray for your family to be saved? Do you pray for all that you know to be a part of this church? Do you pray that you would be an example of the reality of what we believe? That you would be a real Christian? Do you pray that people would be saved when you share the gospel to them? If not, why not? 
Pray big. Because God is able. And then act big. Because that power works in and through us as His people. Don't underestimate what God can do. God can do anything. and He just might do it through you. But we're never going to know that if we just sit on our hands and say and do nothing. Oh, God can do anything. Please, please do yourself a favor as the tendency is out there in the, the evangelical world today. Please do not say about these things, Yes, God, give me more money! Because you are able. That's what people think when they hear this. You'd be surprised how many commentaries or how many blogs will, will take this verse in Ephesians 3 and say, you can make your bills. You can buy that house. There are some things that are worth more. There are some things that are worth far more. Eternal things. Israel had heard the midnight cry. You ever heard that term? The midnight cry. If you don't know what that is, let me read it to you. It happens in Exodus Exodus chapter 12, and this is right after the Passover. The Bible says this, And it came to pass that at midnight the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on his throne and to the firstborn of the captive that was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of the cattle. And Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all his servants and all the Egyptians. And there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where one was not dead. Terrible. We need to hear that same cry. Because there is a world that is lost and dying and on their way to hell. People that you know, people that you work with, maybe even people in your own family who are in desperate need of salvation. Why don't we go to them? Why do we pull them aside and say, let me tell you about God, who He is, His purpose for you, how much He loves you, of what He can do for you? And have faith that God will do what He does. But what if they don't listen? You know, I've tried and I've tried to witness to some people and they just don't listen. Lord, what do I do? You keep at it. You keep at it. I love what Spurgeon says on this. Let me quote him. If sinners be damned, at least let them leap to hell over our dead bodies. And if they perish, let them perish with our arms wrapped about their knees, imploring them to stay. If hell must be filled, let it be filled in the teeth of our exertions, and let not one go unwarned and unprayed for. Well, I don't want to bother them with the gospel. <laughs> don't feel bad. You tell them. You tell them, and you keep praying, and you keep witnessing, because you don't know where life may take them to where their heart will be softened. And they just might come back to you and start asking some questions. Why don't we start as this church and as individual members to, to live who we are? There's enough talk. I, I'm tired of talk, even in my own life. 
enough chest beating, enough looking down on others, enough silent living. I want to go out there and I want to live in the power of God. In the power of His promises. I've seen Him work in my own life. I want to see Him work through me. I want to see Him work in your lives and the lives of others. God can. God is able. And God will keep His promises. That kind of belief, that kind of faith, that makes a church unstoppable. Unstoppable. It, a light that is set on a hill that cannot be hid. The, the light of Christ shining so brightly through it and through her members that everybody knows where God is in that church. That's what this world needs. This world needs churches that are real. The members who are living a real Christianity in front of their lives. That's the vision for this year. That's what I want for us. That's what I want for me. That God is real. His purpose for us is real. And His power in us is real. That's the guiding truth that needs to guide everything in our lives. The foundation for everything that we do. And the key to that is going to be faith in His power. Do you have faith in that this morning? You know, God can do anything. God can save you this morning if you don't know Him as Savior. You're not too far gone. Your heart is not too hard. You haven't done too many bad things. That's the wonder and beauty of God's grace and God's power. If you would trust Him, if you would believe in Him, He will save you. He will take your sins away and give you eternal life. If maybe you've fallen into a pattern of maybe a hard heart or carelessness, and you think, man, it's been a really long time since I felt anything like this. You know what? God can soften that. God can bring revival in your own heart. And then God can work through you. God can work through me. God can work through us as we go out into this world to our families, have faith in His promises and then live as if God can do anything. He can. He can. God can save that unsavable one. God can bring people here. God can grow this church in this year in any time. It's not His ability it's our faith sometimes it lacks. So perhaps we all need to have a little more faith and maybe need to put it into action. So how about we do that this coming year? That God is real. His purpose is real. His power is real. So let's go be real Christians. Let's go be real Christians. I'd like to do something a little different this morning.